Hello, my podcast family, and welcome to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook at Caregiving is a Ministry, all one word. Today we're on the first, fourth Psalm, and I'll be reading from the New International Version. Answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. How long will you people turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? Know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself. The Lord hears when I call him. Tremble and do not sin. When you are on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. Offer the sacrifice, sacrifices of righteousness and trust in the Lord. Many, Lord, are asking, who will bring us prosperity? Let the light of your face shine on us. Fill my heart with joy when their grain and new wine abound. In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. All right. Which category do you think this one falls under? Remember there are five. Thanksgiving, praise, wisdom, lament, and royalty. Can you hear the agony and the frustration? A little bit of anger in David's voice. Yes, David coined this um, psalm as well. So this song, just like last um, yesterday's psalm, is a psalm of lament. Although this one doesn't have that tinge of imprecation that Psalm 3 had. Now let's see if we can develop a structure for this one as we did yesterday. So we now know that the category is lament. What would you say the subject of this is? To me, it's distress because that's what the very first verse um, indicates. David is demanding that God answer him. David sounds like a petulant child throwing a tantrum, does he not? (laughs) Have you sounded like that to God? I admit that I have on several occasions. I'm not proud of it. I'm just keeping it real. (laughs) Then in verse 3 and 5, David starts to speak to someone else, perhaps the people. Therefore, could this be that he's speaking to the nation of Israel. To me, verse 2 sounds more like he's fussing. Listen, how long will you people turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek for um, false gods? Sounds like he's fussing at him, does it not? (laughs) And as if after he fusses at them, then he regains his composure, right? It's like he remembers, oh, that's right, I am the anointed one. God is telling them that God has called him and that he, God, hears him, David, when he calls, right? Even though in verse one, he kind of gives an indication that God hasn't answered him yet, he still is saying, God heard me. I know God heard me. (laughs) It's like he's justifying to them. I I find the next verse um, where David is reminding the people whom that verse suggests they are afraid because it says that they tremble, that in their fear to not sin. And I want to talk about that for a second. Um, I want you to acknowledge that fear can cause us to act outside of the will, will of God. We get so 
caught up in what's going on and, 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 and we don't know the outcome or, or what we think the outcome is going to be, we don't like and we start to do things in our own self that causes us to sin. And it could be that this is what David is dissuading them to do, right? He doesn't want them to sin in the middle of their fear of whatever is going on. That although they may be afraid to not do anything that would offend God. And on the contrary, he tells them that, no, you need to take inventory of your hearts to be silent and hear God speak to them. And perhaps David is speaking to himself too so that he can really hear God since the very first verse states that God hasn't answered him, right? (laughs) Verses six and seven then turn into petitions to God, but not for the people, but for David himself, which I find interesting. For God to shine his face on David and his followers and to fill David's heart with joy. And the last verse is a declaration of sorts. David declares that God will grant him safety because he knows, because he knows God will grant him safety. He's able to lie down and sleep. But once again, he's talking about himself. And it's obvious that this psalm doesn't have the same structure as Psalm 3. Yet I am determined to see if there are some trends within the psalms that David writes. But we'll see. I mean, we only have two, right, so far. But I find this psalm a little weird, don't you? The conversation that David has kind of in the middle of the text, it seems odd unless you look at it from or we look at it from a lens of a king talking to a frustrated people. Then it seems to make sense. My commentary suggested that perhaps the country was going through some type of a calamity of some sort and they were turning to other gods for answer because answers because God hadn't an- answered them yet. So now I'm going to reread it from a, a frustrated, exasperated king. Answer me when I call you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayers. How long will you people turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusion and seek false gods? Know that God has set apart his faithful servant to himself. The Lord hears when I cry, when I call him. Tremble and do not sin. When you are in your bed, search your hearts and be silent. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and trust in the Lord. Many, Lord, are asking, who will bring us prosperity? Let the light of your face shine on us. Fill my heart with joy when their grain and their new wine abound. In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Makes a little more sense, doesn't it? (laughs) What is the application? I think the application for us is we all get to the point where we're frazzled, as my mother used to say, just from life, right? And although we've prayed You know, God hasn't responded yet. And then there are those around us who are consistently asking us for the answers. Yet we don't know, we don't have the answer because God hasn't responded. What do you do in in, in situations like that? Well, I think we should take verses three and four to heart. Know that God is faithful to you, that he's faithful to me. We are his faithful servants. 
and realize, you know, our position that we have in him. And because he loves us, we're his children. And Jesus intercedes for us that he's heard us. He's heard you. And then to make sure in our anxiety, our stress, our anger, our fear of what's going on around us, that it doesn't lead us to do something that's displeasing to God. In other words, sin. And then we will regret it. Right? We don't want that. Instead, let's go someplace and be silent. Doesn't have to be your bed. It can be. But in the stillness and in our quietness to search our hearts, taking an inventory and asking the Holy Spirit to bring to the surface those things that are displeasing to God. And then be silent yet again, allowing the Spirit to direct our thoughts and to restore us by reminding us of who God is and what he's already done for us. Sometimes, oftentimes, I suspect, we all need to go someplace and sit down or lie down to just be still, be silent, to allow our spirit to hear from God. Notice that after David has been silent, that he's able to refocus on God, of who he knows God to be, which then allows him to rest. It's in knowing God that we find our rest. Today, I know you're running around trying to keep it all together. I know it. And I also know you're exhausted. But I want you to allow your favorite scriptures, those scriptures that speak to God's assurances and promises to you to flood your heart. And then get up, renewed, God-assured, and God-centered, and continue on with your day. Let's pray. We thank you, Father, for being a God who doesn't get frazzled, for being a God who is always steadfast. You are the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That we can count on, and we can count on your goodness and your faithfulness. Help us to not be as petulant children demanding that you answer us. Help us to be still and to know that you've heard us and in your timing you will answer and to not get caught up in the hoopla and the consistent noise that may go on around around us from others, but to place our focus on you, remembering the position that we have in you based on our Savior, Jesus Christ. And therefore, it's based on that that we know that all things will work together for our good, that we know that you have a good plan for us, that we know that you've already opened the windows of heaven and poured out a blessing for us because we've given back to you. Help us to continue on with our days as we offer sacrifices of righteousness. That just means, Lord, that we're going to continue on with our day. We're not going to do anything that will disrupt our walk with you. We're not going to grumble. We're not going to complain. We're going to continue on until you answer. Help us to be faithful to you. Help us to consistently be centered on who you are. Because you are our God. Because we want your peace. And we want to lie down. And rest. Knowing that you have taken care of everything. We love you and we praise you. 
In Jesus' name, amen. All right, my podcast family, I will see you tomorrow. Go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye.